Wow. <clears throat> wow. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Wow, just uh, expected the Lord to walk up, but he did really. But, um, <laughs> hey, careful, Paul. Hey, it was just great to worship today. I just love the presence of the Spirit, the sweet flow of life as we're there. I even felt that Roxy was with us. You know, I know, I, I just felt that, that she was here and the Lord would just graciously open a window that she can just be here with us and just enjoy what's happening. You know, I know her heart was here and her heart's in Wangarei and her heart's with, with people all over Aotearoa and over the, over the globe. Yeah, she had a wonderful... Uh, heart of an evangelist, and she loved to sow into people's lives and speak blessing even over our young uh, uh, Tamariki as well. Yeah? Yeah, what a wonderful woman. She was faithful with the gifts that God gave her. And I, I feel encouraged as I've thought through the week about her uh, going to be with the Lord. I know she's celebrating. She loved the Lord like we do here at Excite, and she was just so passionate about being in His presence. And I just, I just thought about just how how much she's enjoying herself at this time. You know, it's sad for us when someone goes on before, but her work is done, and she's sowing her life into the hearts and lives of others, and what are we doing? Are we doing the same? It's now our opportunity to pick up that mantle and to actually run with it. What are your gifts that God has given you? Yes? Glory, glory, the heart of an evangelist. Right, right now, at the start of the service, I want to evangelize. If there's someone here that you don't really know the Lord Jesus, I'm not asking if you're religious here this morning. If there's someone here and you don't know God personally, that you don't know the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, there's only one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Wow, how amazing are they? The, the, the work of redemption that they've come up with, you know, between themselves. You know, they were communicating... There's only one, but, you know, we're body, soul, and spirit. We do the same thing. If you read the Psalms, the psalmist says, you know, speaks from his spirit and says, why are you cast down within me, O my soul? Bless the Lord, O my soul, you know? And he's speaking to himself. Well, God did that in the beginning. And he said, let us make man in our image. And he made him to uh, take up residency in man. You were created so that you might house the eternal God, yeah, and he wants to take up residence. Of course, something happened and he couldn't take up residence in the garden, but God was not put off at all. He worked the plan of redemption, and now he wants to take up and he wants to uh, take up residence in your life. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit if you're born again, but if you don't know Jesus this morning, you are here for a purpose. And you are a created being, and God has a purpose for you. And God is a spirit, and he wants to reside in you this morning. Not in your head, but he wants to come within and you to welcome him in. I know you may have been living from your head for a long time and trying to think that you're in control of your life and destiny, and you may even pride yourself that you're doing a better job of living life than other people, or that you even feel better than others. But are you better than Jesus? Yeah? Because if you're not as good as Jesus, you're falling short of God's glory. If you have not measured up to that level, you are falling short today. And the Bible says in Romans 3 and verse 23, all have sinned. In other words, all are selfish people, self-centered, 
And they've fallen short of God's glory. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. See, the very essence of our Heavenly Father is light and love. And love desires the highest good and above another. It's not self-centered. It's not all about me. It's about others. That's exactly what our Father's like. But if it's all about you and it's been all about you from the day you were born into this world, you have an opportunity today to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. But you're going to have to turn your back on yourself. You're back on your own trying. Because you can't try and trust at the same time. They're absolute opposites. As far as the east is from the west. Trying and trusting. And I want to challenge your heart today. If you've never received Jesus, you don't have eternal life. You might have done many good deeds. And yes, I admit there's many lovely people in the community who don't know God. I've even met wonderful atheists that spend their time serving other people. Um and giving of their money. And, um, but you need eternal life. The Bible says, He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God doesn't have life. God sent His Son to be your Savior, and He died on the cross for you. And what are you going to do about that? Are you going to reject Him like those who nailed Him there and said, Away with Him, crucify Him. I will not have this man to reign over me. Or are you going to receive Him? You have an opportunity this morning to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I know this word is for somebody here today. And if that's you, you may have felt God moving by His Spirit in this place, and I, I pray you did. And I pray that He's working in your heart right now. And if you know you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity now just to receive Him. I'm not going to ask you up the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. We will pray as a church with you, a prayer of salvation and a prayer of faith. And uh, if that's you, today's your opportunity to receive Jesus. So if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. While everyone's got their eyes closed, I will acknowledge you, and then you can put it down again. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, is there anyone here? Thank you. Is there anyone else here? Thank you, Lord. God is moving in this place. Yes, thank you. Is there anybody else? Today is your opportunity. We're not playing games. This is not religion. This is life. This is eternal life that God is offering you today. Is there anyone else? Okay. Well, let us pray together this prayer. God sees your heart and He knows that you, you want to make Jesus Lord of your life right now. And so just pray along with, with me, all of us. Let's just pray out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for loving me even when I've ignored you. I need you in my life. I'm sorry for my selfishness. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I ask you to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior from now on. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Your life. Amen. Amen. Glory. Amen. Hallelujah. After the service, we'll uh, have a Bible for you. We get, if you haven't got a Bible, we want to give you a, a, a gift of a Bible. Very good.
What are we preaching about today? <laughs> as you might know, I have the gift of evangelism as well. <laughs> I like to evangelize. It's not hard to evangelize. I don't need notes to evangelize. <laughs> I just need notes to keep me on track. Praise God. We've been enjoying this series uh, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I've been really enjoying it as well. Today is part three, the last part of the series. We're, we, our theme is Go With The Flow. The Great Commission is to go into all the world. And the Bible says, out, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So go with the flow. If we want to be empowered to impact our nation, we need the flow of the Holy Spirit. We don't need religion. Religion's had its day. Come on. The first week I spoke about the promise of the Father. Jesus told them, uh, all about the disciples, all about the promise of the Father before he went back to heaven. Uh, and, and how that they had to wait in Jerusalem. And they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This was after Jesus had already breathed on them before he went back to heaven and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, that was on the resurrection day. And then the second week we spoke about the, the contrast between Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday. Seven weeks apart. And what a contrast. On Resurrection Sunday, they were basically born into new creation. They had not yet uh, believed in their heart that God had raised Jesus from the dead until Jesus appeared with the disciples and came in their midst and showed them his hands and his feet. So Romans 10 and 9 says that... Uh, if you shall confess with your mouth, it speaks of salvation there. Uh, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, the disciples had done that, but then it says, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And there on that resurrection Sunday, the disciples believed that God had raised the Lord Jesus from the dead and they were came from the old covenant into the new covenant. You could say they were born again. Well, that's the way I see it. That's the way the Spirit's been communicating to me. We can look at the mountain from many different angles. I'm not saying the way you see it's wrong. <laughs> so that's the difference. To resurrection uh, Pentecost Sunday, of course, they were clothed. On, re uh, on, 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 on Resurrection Sunday, they had the Holy Spirit within. He said, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But they did not impact Jerusalem until Pentecost, until they were clothed with power. Where do you put the clothes on? On the outside. Today I want to speak about a bit uh, shortly about the uh, contrast between the new wine and the new garment. As we've already talked about this morning, the most important thing in life is to um, give ourselves over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Salvation and then water baptism, bearing the old self-centered person and then coming up to, to live by faith from then on out of the water. But I believe once this is done, that the most important thing for believers is to um, give themselves over to the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. And didn't Charlotte bring a, bring a great word of encouragement today? I remember that time roughly 14 years ago. I don't have any dates on the time that I was baptized in the Spirit. Roughly 14 years ago, I remember very clearly the time. And as Charlotte was talking about it, for me it was deja vu. Just so much joy and such a flow from within and such a presence surrounding me. Totally, total immersion and total clothing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand it like I understand it now. But now I look back and go, wow, more, Lord, keep filling me. Hallelujah. One baptism, but many fillings. There's always more of God. 
He pours himself out, pours himself into us. Jesus is the living water. He's the bread of life. Yes. See, in salvation, the goal is not eternal life. The goal is transformation and becoming love. Because our Father is love. Sharing with others, having a heart for others, that's exactly what Roxy was doing when she was here. Caring for other people. See, when Adam ate of the uh, tree that he shouldn't have done, Adam and Eve, they were cut off from the source of love. And they were reduced to the need of love. Hello? Cut off from the source of love, but reduced to the need of love. Maybe that's you. I'm just looking for someone to love me. I just want to be loved. I just, just, you know, it's all about me, but I want to be loved. No, no, you need to come back to the source of love. Yes, you'll be loved. You are loved. God is love. He cares for you. God so loved the world, he gave his son. He so loved you, he gave his only son for you. He loves you. I don't ever doubt he loves me. Boy, does my dad love me. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. I'm secure in his love. See, the day I need you to know who I am, I'm, I'm reduced to being only the person that you see me as. You see? When it's all about me trying to be accepted in this world, I'm reducing myself down. It's not what I was created to be. God has created me for me to be far superior than that. He has a plan for me. He has raised me up in Christ and seated me in heavenly places in, in Christ. He has given me His Spirit within and He's clothed me with power from on high that I might be able to tell forth His name and preach the good news of all that our Father is and has done for His honor and glory. He loves to exalt His Son. The contrast between the new wine and the new garment. See, everything about God is new. Everything about God is new. You have new birth when we get saved, born again. New Testament, new heaven, new earth, new creation, new Jerusalem, new nature, new man, new day, new song. Oh, I hope you got a new song. If you haven't, he can give you a new song. He puts a new song in your mouth, even praise to his name. And we rejoice in the Lord always. Glory to God. Salvation's a wonderful, wonderful thing. See, God's not just merely at the cutting edge of new. No, he's not at the, just at the cutting edge of new. He is the cutting edge. He is it. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's everything in between. He is the whole story. So when we get up and give my story, it's his story. History is, tells us all that God has done, and that's why we love the Bible. Hallelujah. Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 5, we'll see the verses come up, but he said, uh, before we read the verses, he said, the days will come when the bridegroom, and that's Jesus, he's the bridegroom of the church. The church is like the wife of Christ, feminine. He's like the bridegroom who has laid down his life for us. Of course, that's exactly what we do as husbands for our wives, isn't it? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Not wives, sorry, love your wife. Did I say wives? I've only got one wife. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. <laughs> you know why the husband's supposed to love his wife? So that he might present her to himself a glorious church. In other words, if you want a glorious wife, you've got to love her. Unconditional love. You have the power to turn her into a, a princess or an ogre. I speak from experience. <laughs> Glory to God. My wife's a princess. It's obvious. She's a princess. She stood beside me all these days. Yeah. She's about a better three quarters. Hallelujah. 
Luke 5, we better get on with the message. Eh? I know you want to stay here all day, but we've set a time limit that we've got to be out of here by 5 this afternoon. <laughs> Luke 5 and 36 to 38. Jesus says to them, No one puts a piece of new garment into an old one. Otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. I guess uh, new creation and the new creature we are in Christ doesn't really match the old self-centered life that we once lived, eh? <laughs> Holes apart. Glory. That makes sense to me. And uh, no one puts, a, puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and it be spilled. And the wineskins will be ruined because they're hard and brittle, eh? But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. God has created a new wineskin. We're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. We're born again by His Spirit. His Spirit comes and resides in us when we get saved, when we receive Jesus as Lord. But now, that might have happened, but now He wants to pour some new wine in as well. And wine in the Bible speaks of many things. It speaks of joy. It speaks of, it's associated with the Holy Spirit. It speaks of trials because the grapes are crushed, you know, uh, with, to make the wine. And it's like Jesus going to the cross and uh, how that Isaiah said of him, he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The grapes are bruised and trodden, trodden underfoot in order that the, uh, the wine would be formed, you know. And uh, so all that flows to us of blessing and favor uh, from the Lord Jesus himself is because he was crushed and bruised in our place to provide that new wine for us and trodden underfoot. But now he's been highly exalted, praise God. And we exalt him. We do not treat him underfoot here, but we exalt him and make him Lord of our lives. When it comes to the garments, Jesus had garments, but they gambled for his garments. But he gives us a new garment as well. I guess in this par uh, parable that the... Um, it also is a contrast for us in this parable of the wineskins and the, and, and, and the piece of garment, the garments that go on the outside of the body. It's also like the law and grace, isn't it? You see, there was a transitioning happening, and he's just talking about he was going away. There was, going to be, there was going to be a transition from law to grace. I praise God that we live in a day of grace today. If we were under law, we'd all be condemned. It's necessary that there's laws. I was down the South Island recently, and it's lovely roads down there. And we had a good four-wheel drive rental car. And we're cruising along. And then there were some red lights and blue lights coming behind me. And uh, so I pulled over and said, oh, it's all right. It's just, just one of our friends, the policeman. You know, the law's just catching up on us. No problem at all. So he pulls up to the window. And I already had my license out. And I thanked him. And he said he was going to send a ticket in the mail. It hadn't ever come yet. Who knows if it will. But at any rate, he was a lovely guy. And I said to him when he came up, I said, I was doing 115 one night. And he said, yes, you were. <laughs> so we were in agreement. <laughs> glory, glory. And I thanked him at the end. He said, you know, a little bit too fast. He said, you're quite right. And thanks for giving me a, a bit of encouragement in the right direction, I said. A bit of encouragement. So I thanked him, you know, and it was a very pleasant experience. I don't know if you've ever been through that. But the law is really made, wasn't made for the righteous man, but for the lawless, wasn't it? Now, I'm not trying to say I'm lawless, because that's not my intention at all. 
but sometimes we go over the speed limit. But there are laws that need to be out there. The old Adamic self-centered man, if he's just let, left to run rampant and have his own way, he would he'd end up doing terrible, horrific things. You know that in your own heart and life. That's why we train up our children. That's why we put laws around them until they come of age where they can receive uh, the Lord Jesus. And then they come under grace. There's a contrast between law and grace. And I love grace. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously in this present evil age. Something like that. I think the last bit I almost quoted. Right. <laughs> I better move on. 11.15, that's the time we normally start, isn't it? Okay. So first the Holy Spirit was in them, and then clothing them. I see a, a link with that, with this story, with that parable. But then I've mentioned the last two weeks about uh, John 4 and John 7, but we'll pick that up now, John ch chapter 4 and verse 13 and 14, where Jesus answered and said to her, now this is Jesus with the Samaritan woman by the well. He was weary from his journey. He asked her for a drink. He ended up telling her a life story, and he talked to her about giving her living water. And she thought he meant the water out of the well, but he spoke of eternal life, really, the water that he could give her. So he says there, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks this water in the well will thirst again, but whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. In other words, you're going to be satisfied for life. You're going to receive eternal life, not just a one-day-old life, and you need to top up tomorrow. But the water I shall give him will be, uh, become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Wow, that sounds splendid. I could hear um, Charlotte talking about that as well. In us. For, and it's a blessing when you have that flow of life coming up from deep within you. Have you experienced that? Or are you still living from your head? Religious people live from their head. Others who are born of the Spirit and led by the Spirit live from their spirit. Just think about that for a moment. Which one is you? John 7, verse 37, and Jesus said when he got up on the... So there's the, the living water within. But here in John 7, verse 37, it's water flowing out. It's for others. Not only within for ourselves, but it's there for others. Jesus got up on the great, the last day of the feast, and stood and cried, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believed in me, as the Scripture said, out of his heart or innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spake concerning the Spirit, that those who believing in him would receive. It's like living water flowing out. And I see a difference between receiving the Spirit of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit, and being baptized, fully immersed, clothed with power. Both are necessary. And we've talked about that the last couple of weeks. See, Christianity now becomes something uh, that has an outward impact in our community. Religion also has an outward impact and people tend to want to stay away from religious people. But that's not the impact God wants us to have. See, I was brought up just to think that it was a one-off experience. I was brought up quite conservatively and uh, we, they, we didn't believe way back when I was younger in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We were cessationalists, believed in the cessation of the gifts back at Pentecost, especially the sign gifts. And uh, I've had to rethink everything and have a look at it for myself. 
It's one thing to hear about the Word of God. It's another thing to delve in and dig for yourself and find the hidden treasures in the truth for yourself. And I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to give you now three examples in Acts that just show us the different, that it wasn't just a one-off thing on Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. Uh, I'm, we're going to go to Acts 8, Acts, Acts 10, and Acts 19. But before I do, Pentecost and his a, a, a experience was in Acts chapter 2. But then if you read about Acts chapter 4, in between, in between uh, Pentecost experience, some of the same disciples that were there on the day of Pentecost came under persecution. Then they prayed for the Lord to just see what the threats that were being given them. And they said, Lord, you see these threats. And, and, and basically do something about it. And the place where they were was shaken. You read about that in Acts 4. This is after Pentecost. And some of the ones that, that were there on the day of Pentecost were there in Acts 4. And it says again, the place was shaken and, and, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Just because, God, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you, you don't need a refilling today. I think there's a few of us here this morning that were getting quite a filling this morning in the worship. I know I was. <laughs> I was enjoying it. Ah, glory. Acts 8, verse 5 and 6. Now here in Acts 8, it's um, Philip. His gift is evangelism too. And he's um, in Samaria, and he's busy preaching the Lord Jesus to them, the Samaritans. We read in Acts 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded or listened to the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. So he's an evangelist, but there's miracles happening, all, just breaking out all over the place. The miracle's about to happen. We were singing that at the beginning. Let them break out all over the place, Lord, all over town. Hallelujah. Every day, not just Sunday morning, especially in our community, more miracles. Verse 12, but when they, um, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized. So these guys, here, here's Philip evangelizing. They received Jesus. All of, a lot of in Samaria, just waves of people coming to Christ. And then they get baptized. But is that the finish of it? Let's read on. Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. These ones were saved, but their experience wasn't complete. You might be saved, you might have the Holy Spirit dwelling within, but is your experience complete? Are you making an impact into the community? Let's read on and see what's happened. Remembering that this is, Pentecost is in the past now. This is Acts 8, verse 14. Now when... They never, these ones, by the way, never received any more from Philip. That's interesting. He was an evangelist. He had miracles, but that's as far as he went. Now let's read what happens. Verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that, that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. It's the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit here. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Clothed, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You'll be clothed with power from on high. So they're baptized. They're, they're believers, baptized. The Spirit's indwelling. But he hadn't come upon them. 
and empowered them for the work of the ministry yet. So here's, let come on Peter and John, we're going to send you guys down there so they can lay hands on them. You see, when they laid their hands on them, verse 17, they received the Holy Spirit. Wow. I, wonder, I, I just wondered why Philip didn't do that. But it, it's just the body working together. You know, I might preach and someone might be an evangelist. Someone else might lay hands on you. I, I, I'm always keen to lay hands on you. Some people... <laughs> um, where were we, Lord? They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus prior to Peter and John going down. But it wasn't less, less significant. God just has more. And he's got more for you. He's got more for you. He's got more for me. God's got more. That's why we're hungry for more. We're not running around as skinny, unfed people, but we're just hungry for more. We just love our dad. We just want more time in his presence. We want to spend, walk with him. We want to be led by his spirit. We want to be clothed with his power. We want not for our own greed or anything, but so that we can make a difference because he's given us a heart to reach out into our community and make a difference. So let's go um, to the second one, Acts chapter 10. These are just illustrations to us how different ones received the Holy Spirit, or were baptized in the Holy Spirit, I should say. And here's a Gentile this time. His name's Cornelius. And he was a centurion. And interestingly, he had a, he, he, he had a, a vision of an angel. An angel came and spoke to him and told him to send for Peter. Now, at the same time, Peter's busy having a vision as well. So here's the Holy Spirit setting up this meeting, working, and that's really good, eh? Because I love it when God's actually the one that's leading and it's not us in control. And he's actually setting up this meeting here between uh, Cornelius and Peter. So Peter goes down. Cornelius, this uh, wealthy centurion, sends his servants up to get Peter, takes him back down to his place to come and talk to him. And so Peter goes down and shares the gospel with this Gentile centurion. And it reads in uh, Acts 10 and 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, and by the way, there was, the centurion was well known and he had his place full. There was a lot of his friends and that that he'd gathered in. And uh, they all were there to hear Peter. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard. So he didn't even get a chance to even lay his hands on them. Just while he was speaking, the Holy Spirit came. See, God's not going to necessarily do things my way and he's not going to do it always the same way and he might not do it your way. He actually lives outside of our concept of him. He does things different ways as you read the scriptures. It's wonderful. And I like that, that he's the one that's in control. So they fell on those that heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. But... That's the Jews that were there. Because here was a Gentile that was getting baptized in the Spirit. And they didn't think that was normal. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should be baptized who have received the, the Spirit just, Holy Spirit just as we have? So these ones were baptized in the Holy Spirit before they even got baptized in water. Well, how does that mess with our religious heads, eh? We always like an order of things, eh? And this has been, sometimes God turns our order upside down. Praise God. See, it's a wonderful thing like Charlotte was sharing.
when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you, when you uh, are clothed with that dunamis, that power from on high, it's just like dynamite. That word dunamis is the same word for dynamite. It's like there's an explosion, you could say, goes off in your life. Things are changed. Your world will be messed up. Suddenly you've submitted your life to God, uh, the one who created us, to our Father, and it's just like dynamite. Things are changed, and I love that. It's not about us keeping everything in control as, as we see it, but it's about us being controlled and led by the Spirit of God who clothes us with power from on high. And then so we come alive once we're baptized in the Spirit and, um, and we find that the Word of God comes alive. When you go to the Bible, if you're struggling to get anything out of the Bible when you read it, maybe it is that you need to be baptized in the Spirit. Did you ever think of that? Because what happens, when you get baptized in the Spirit, I know this from 14 years ago, suddenly everything comes alive and you have your own journey with God. You don't have to go with the traditions that you've been taught necessarily. Now, there are good traditions. The Bible does say don't remove the ancient landmarks and that. There's certain things that we won't budge on. But there's many things that God leads and guides us through and, and He wants a personal relationship with us so we can learn from Him ourselves. Acts 10. So we're going to Acts 19. Now this is the third one. This is the final one. Acts 19, verse 1 and 2. We read again. Uh, it says there, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, uh, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Now this is interesting, because if we were all baptized one-off back at the day of Pentecost, and it was a one-off occurrence, why would he ask this question? He says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If it was just that we get saved, we get baptized, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and there's nothing more, why would he say, say this to them? If everybody receives the Holy Spirit when they believe, when they're born again. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Verse 6, and when Pete, Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came, not within them, upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. God is wanting to power certain people in our nation because he has a great work for us to do. We love to sing, sing your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And, um, but we're expecting God to do it all. God has made us kings and priests and kings... Kings rule and they have authority and he, will clothe, he clothes us first with power from on high so that we might go out under the power of the Holy Spirit and our words will be powerful. Whether we're speaking in tongues and building ourselves up, whether we're prophesying, whether whatever it is, laying hands on the sick, healing them, all the gifts of the Spirit, evangelizing under the power of the Spirit, suddenly these are in effect. So we're praying, your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But he's saying, well, when are you going to go? When are you going to go with the flow? That's what this month is all about. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Be the gospel. Be the good news. Uh, be there alongside your friends and neighbors and go with the flow. That out of your belly will, or innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Let that living water flow out to our nation. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Wow. Well, we're gonna, um, what we're going to do is we're going to round up very quickly. But um, it's just 
if, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit today, we're going to give you an opportunity after the service. We've got um, some other things to do. The first week we actually had a whole row across here and they, we laid hands on them. But the, we don't mind if there's 20 or 30 people that want to come up and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit here today. If God's speaking for you today, well, at the end of the service, we will uh, have a time with you. Just come forward. Some of the others might go out for a cup of tea, but come forward. We, w- we will only be glad to lay our hands on you and uh, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're repented, if you've been baptized, but if you're thirsty, if you're thirsting for it, Charlotte was telling us how thirsty she was for, the, for what God had for her and for the baptism uh, of the Holy Spirit. And it's important that you come to Jesus because John the Baptist said he is the one that baptizes you. He is the baptizer. It says that in the whole four Gospels. Jesus is the baptizer. Then you ask, he says, about our Heavenly Father, won't you give the Holy Spirit to everyone who asks? Have you ever asked Him for it? And I would suggest that you um, thank Him for it as well, that you come with faith. Even if you don't start speaking in tongues straight away, just thank Him for the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's true to His Word. Because Jesus said He'll give it to everyone who asks. And then sometimes people have an experience that they might be driving down the road or something comes into their heart. Suddenly they open their mouth to praise God and all of a sudden they speak in tongues. But some here, as we lay hands on them, will speak in tongues too. God does things in different ways in people's lives and all of our lives. We have a different journey and, and He meets us where we are. And it doesn't matter. We don't expect everyone to be the same. But we just want you to connect with your heaven, our Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, because He's got more for you. And he wants to bless you today. Yes? I think we should get up and praise God. Before we do, let's all stand to our feet and we'll just pray. Thank you, Father. Lord Jesus, we just honor you here today. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords and we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for what John the Baptist said of you, how that you were the one who was going to baptize us uh, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And we believe for that today, Lord, that as you're here, that you will clothe certain ones here that are thirsty for you, that are asking uh, to receive the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, that you will clothe them with that dunamis, with that power from on high, that you will just take them up and use them for the work of the ministry, empower them so much, Lord, that they will go out into the community and throughout Northland, throughout Aotearoa, and make a difference in this world, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, this is your opportunity. We've been experiencing you present with us this morning, and we love your presence, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here uh, with us now. And we just commit commit, uh, the service to you and just say, move for the glory of your name and have your way for the honor and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord.